The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As you continue listening to Sports Grid, ask yourself and be honest. Am I listening enough? Probably not. 16 hours a day. That's all we ask. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Level three has begun. This is Sports Rage. I am Morenci. The pistol players for hustlers and people that bust up and everybody else in between. We're throwing it down on the Monday night uh, meltdown. Chris Monter is going to step up and in a couple of minutes. We're going to the NBA draft, college uh, conference realignment. Japan and USA coming up. Uh, what time is that at? Like seven in the morning, Eastern time? So. Four o'clock, well, weird time. I guess it's prime time there, though, right? So it is what it is, and it's a big deal there. So Japan and the USA women's softball, there's four and a halfs out there. I think it's a low-scoring game. Both the pitchers are basically unhittable. I think Japan actually have better hitting than the U.S. does, right? But the U.S. just find a way to win. I think they will find a way to win. It's going to be low-scoring. It's going to be one nothing or 2-1 type of deal. Like, it's going to be a low-scoring game. There's not going to be runs. It's not like Canada, Mexico and stuff. They're, this is ace against ace, big-time stuff. Like, and both teams might have a no-hitter type of thing. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm going to be uh, pulling the trigger under four and a half. We'll get into the overnight Olympic schedule. I know there's a lot of stuff, different sports uh, going on. Uh, like baseball games uh, going on to the real late-night hours. Uh, tonight, the countdown is on NFL uh, football. Uh, we're now nine days away, guys, from the start, man. Nine days, nine days. Like if, if nine days ain't real, I don't know what is. All right, so let me get the Olympic schedule up for, uh, for the evening. All right, let's get the Olympic uh, schedule up for, uh, for the evening here. As far as, um, as far as like, you know, the order and stuff like that. I've missed out on a couple of events and I've lost money because of it. And I've missed out on a couple of events. Uh, I've, uh, uh, and, um, uh, save myself money right there's so much going on it's you know i do a pretty good job of staying on top osaka lost tonight man 
course, I took her because I'm an idiot. Uh, I had her in that parlay. All right, right now, we're in table tennis action here. Right? Who wants to? Are we ready for some table tennis? We got all kinds of table tennis. I'm not betting table tennis. We have men's beach volleyball, which shouldn't exist. Uh, beach volleyball sucks, all right? I don't want to see men's beach volleyball or women's beach volleyball. Like, beach volleyball, what, what, is, what is beach volleyball anyways? It's like putting road hockey in the Olympics. Like, uh, ball hockey. Like, come on. You play volleyball on a court, all right? I'm not into this stuff. I don't, I don't care about beach volleyball. Mountain cycling, mountain biking. I don't mind that, but I'm not betting on it. At least that's a real sport type of deal. All right, so it gives me some final action. All right, here we go. Women synchronized swimming, diving, 10-meter platform. Who wants to bet on that? Uh, we got the rifle coming up here in about 10 minutes. Men's water polo at uh, in about 25 minutes, Italy and Greece. Some weightlifting. Some canoe action, kayak. A little bit of everything here. Nothing really I'm looking forward to betting on so far here. Where's this woman's soccer? Yeah, that's what I want. Woman's soccer. USA, Australia, over. Shout out to our AM radio affiliates. I am Gabriel Brancy. We're kicking it. We're running the gauntlet uh, here. We're trying to stay on top of everything. Get you an updated uh, medal count uh, right now. USA, USA, USA. Now tied for first uh, for gold medals. Not enough, though, still, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, considering we need over 44 and a half to hit the uh, the prop, right? We bet USA over 44 and a half. USA, eight gold, three silver, and eight bronze. 19 medals have taken the lead. Uh, Japan, eight gold, two silver, three bronze, 13 overall. China have 19 overall medals tied with the U.S. That's something to keep your eye on. As the U.S. were minus 1,500 to have the most medals, but you know the Americans are going to start to rack them up. Uh, Canada is currently now in 10th place with six medals, one gold, three silver, two bronze. I need four more gold medals from Canada, and it sucks because there was a girl in judo that actually was supposed to win, and she didn't. She uh, she lost. Uh, she ended up winning bronze, but she didn't win the final. And not good for me. Great Britain racks up a bunch of gold medals. Up to four. I've got under 14 and a half. Up to four. Sweat job. <laughs> we got... We got a sweat job uh, going on here. So, yeah, we got some later on coming up tonight. Like, uh, you know, we got soccer. Uh, we got the, you know, the championship game, softball. And what else do we got? We got some badminton action in the overnight hours. Um, got some boxing. Got some boxing. Men's and women preliminary round session. We got some three-on-three basketball. Women's basketball, Australia versus Belgium. All right, the judo finals. See, I like when it's just the finals because it's easier just to bet on it. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, it's the final. Uh, not that we know anything about it. So, you know what? I'm not forcing anything. I will tell you that I think that USA and Japan and wherever you are, whatever radio affiliate, this game, you'll have time to get in on this one. Um, USA and Japan under four and a half. I'm expecting a one nothing 2-1 game. And who's going to win? Well... USA just beat them 2-1 the other day in a meaningless game because they knew they were playing each other again for the gold medal. So they didn't start their best pitchers and the USA won 2-1, but they're totally even. I think Japan's offense might be a little bit better, but 
the USA willpower, they just find ways to win. Chris Monter joins us next. Bring it. We are the first 20. 20- SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. Man, there's a lot of stuff to get to with Chris Monter, collegebasketballnews.com. I want to talk about the NBA draft and get his thoughts on the players coming into the National Basketball Association. But with all the talk about Oklahoma and Texas, so much of it is always focused on football and people don't think about the basketball ramifications but Chris Monter collegebasketballnews.com steps up and then Chris it's always a pleasure man how you doing great to be back with you great to talk to you about college and pro basketball today well wow man there's a lot of stuff going on and as I stated so much of the focus is on football but um, let's let's be real I mean basketball uh, you know, basketball is a big part of this as well, and it's a pretty big get for the SEC to, as far as them from a basketball perspective, isn't it? Now, I'm seeing, I'm seeing rumors out there that Kansas and the Big Ten are being connected. What, what are you hearing as far as you know the the shakeup right now? And let's just be real, unless the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the ACC, and some of these other conferences start moving on things, they're going to get eaten alive by the SEC, bro. Do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. If you're an athletic uh, commissioner of a conference and you're not on the phones already, you're probably out of luck because even I heard talk about the Big 12 trying to talk to the uh, American Athletic Conference trying to get maybe a Memphis or a Houston, some of those schools in their conference. I'm a purist, to be honest. I am in Big Ten country. I was born in Ohio. I live in Minnesota. You know, I'm not super excited about Maryland and Rutgers being part of the Big Big Ten, to be honest. And I look at, you know, West Virginia, part of the Big 12. You know, if I'm a Mountaineer fan, how often do I really get a chance to see my team on the road? Because those you know, trips are very difficult. Obviously, now you look at Oklahoma and Texas, if they do go to the SEC, you already have, you know, other schools, Missouri and, of course, Texas A&M, schools that were in the, the Big 12 before already in that conference. 
conference. But you're right. Uh, a lot of talk about, you know, the Pac-12 trying to expand, maybe adding some Big 12 or even Big 10 schools, maybe some pairings to some of these conferences because you're going to have super conferences already. Uh, you know, the other issue you have, if you're a diehard fan of a certain conference and you want to see, say if you're a Tennessee, you live in Tennessee, but you love Alabama for some reason, you know, how often are these teams going to be able to play each other? And especially in football, if you're going to have 16-team conferences, you know, you have 12 conference games, I mean, 12 games, three non-conference, nine games, you might play, you know, a team that's maybe not in your division, maybe, you know, once every three, four years. So I, I'm a little bit of a purist, like you said, but if you're not making some calls, if you're a commissioner of a league, you've you got to be struggling and worried about what teams you might lose. To me, Chris, Syracuse, Syracuse leaving the Big East and going to the ACC, for me, that was the one where, you know, where tradition died, bro, right? Tradition died in the sense of, and let's be real too, Chris, geography doesn't matter anymore, does it? At all. And as you stated, no. it sucks. Like, they're supposed to be student-athletes, so I guess they technically shouldn't be on planes, right, for four-hour flights and three-hour flights, etc. And as you stated, too, as far as the fans are concerned, you lose that connection. It's not easy to, to fly 800 miles or to start flying around as it is, you know, in Big Ten country, get in the car with your boys and, and go to the game, so to speak. But I guess, Chris, we're dinosaurs, bro. You know, I'm old school, too. You know, Bo Schembechler and, and, you know, real Big Ten and Big Ten and all that stuff. But that that's dead. And I, I'm concerned for the Big Ten right now because I see what the SEC is doing. They don't care where you're from. Hell, they would take Ohio State into the SEC if they could. No doubt, Chris, they would. They wouldn't say, oh, well, you're in the Midwest. They would take them in a heartbeat. So the Big Ten has to be aware of this. I really believe that the Big Ten should be talking with the Pac-12. I know it was bull. Bold and aggressive, but I, I really believe that they we need to be bold and aggressive, Chris, moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that would make some sense. Like we had talked about off-air, you know, there's some uh, – you know, chemistry because of the Rose Bowl, which used to be back in the old, old days, you know, it was just the Big Ten champion versus the Pac-8 Pac or Pac-10 or Pac-12 champion. <laughs> you know, the other concern you have, obviously, is looking at the minor sports, you know, the uh, the the not big sports. Minnesota, where I'm based out of, actually had more athletic programs than I think any co school in the conference, except for the Ohio State Buckeyes. They had to drop a couple sports, including gymnastics, men's gymnastics, yet one of the people that's in the Olympic Games this week is a Minnesota, you know, gymnast, you know, and Minnesota tweeted congratulating him, which a lot of people took in a bad way because you dropped yeah. that program and that had to leave the school. So you wonder about, you know, if you're a cross-country runner, you know, are you going to want to, are they going to really pay for your travel to travel to, you know, California if you're from Minnesota or Ohio or even, say, Rutgers? You know, how are you going to face off against those competitions? You definitely have to worry about that, but you're right. It's Football, a great point. You know, it's Almost everything. So if you can figure it out football-wise, you know I think the other other sports will fall in line. Maybe you'll have to do you know some type of a you know cross transfer with some of these colleges. Maybe if you're a Minnesota, you travel out to you know California, you play UCLA one night and USC another night. If it's wrestling, tennis, whatever sport, so you're gonna figure it out. But obviously, football is what pays for almost everything. That's amazing, though, Chris. I, I, you know, as you just stated. So imagine just, you know, hypothetically. So tell the kid at Rutgers, or no, let's say, uh, you know, tell the kid at the school. Uh, exactly. That. Listen, 
Since we expanded and we're making an extra $1.2 billion from the football contract, we can't afford to send you anymore because it's too far because the conference is too spread. But it's something you just said, Chris, that sort of rang a bell with me, bro, in a sense that you look at the, the Olympics right now. And it was the first time since 1972 that America didn't uh, didn't uh, didn't win a gold medal in the opening day uh, of the games, and it hasn't been pretty, right? This is you know the, the America's on pace for like one of the worst games ever, and people will ask why. I think you just answered one of these questions. If you cut. If you cut everything, you know, that's the way we live in society almost, though, isn't it? Like, we're cannibalizing our culture in a sense. Yes, yeah, you're losing money on this. Well, why are we doing this? We don't make money on this on, on the women's volleyball. We're not making money on this and that. Okay, then don't cry in eight years when you get your ass kicked in the Olympics, right, Chris? Because this is where these people train. Yeah, definitely, and that's the thing. You have to look at, you know, this. I was watching this last night. Most of the U.S. swimmers swim at a college. Most of them do. So you take away those programs, and, you know, obviously not really making a lot of money. So you need those football programs or basketball programs or, in some emphasis, uh, states, you know, if you have a big hockey or basketball or baseball program that makes money, you can subsidize some of those other programs. But you're right. If not, those programs are going to have to go away. And then if you're, a, you know, Katie Ledecky or a great swimmer, you know, you're going to have to just maybe use club teams and not even go to college if you really want to focus on your sport and get to the Olympics. That's interesting. But people are going to want it both ways, Chris, right? They don't want to pay, but then they're going to they're going to be mad when they don't win. <laughs> so it's amazing how sports mirrors, mirrors society. All right, so listen, I want to get into the NBA draft with you. Detroit, you know, has the number one pick. Um, I think they have a good chance of getting some quality talent with that team. They have some young players. They're still probably a couple years away, but Cunningham, I think, definitely deserves to be number one pick. I think he will be the number one pick for the Pistons uh, on, thir- on Thursday yeah, of this week. A talent player who does a lot of things. I think that's the one thing. Comes from a basketball family. Uh, I think, you know, has always been kind of the focal point of whatever team, AU, and his one year at Oklahoma State. Uh, great size at 6'8", six, 6'9", six, can play point guard, can do a lot of things. I think he will be a nice cornerstone for Detroit, who's really been down for a long time. I watched the uh, Bad Boys uh, uh, documentary the other day, and you, know, you think about how excited that team got about that team, and they really haven't had a lot to be excited about for quite a while. I want to ask you about Anthony Edwards, actually, as being last year's number one pick, and and what did you think of him at the time, and what did you think after the fact? Uh, more with Chris Monter on the other side, bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
There's only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memories, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Did, were you happy at the end with, with Edwards with his play? Because as you stated, I mean, the kid was a badass, and I thought he really should have gotten much more love. I thought it should have been like a debate who was going to win, but the media just loves the balls, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, LaMelo makes a lot of highlight real plays, but you remember Anthony Edwards had a couple of dunks that were among the top. I'm not like a huge dunk wower, but, you know, he had a couple of dunks that were extremely impressive. And probably if you list the top 10, he probably had at least two, maybe even three of the best dunks this year. And you look at his numbers the last half of the season, he struggled a little bit at the beginning, especially from three-point shooting, but he averaged over 24 points a game down the stretch. I think he's a player that they really think can be a leader. And that's the one thing, even in the press conferences after the game, I mean, there were Zoom press conferences, but he was the person who actually went out there and talked to the media, even after losses, and even brought Carl Anthony Towns. So I think the leader should be displayed. And he's only 19 still. He really is a very young player. Uh, won't turn 20 until next month. So I think they feel that with him, you know, Towns is still very young. D'Enzo Russell, despite playing with his fourth team, you know, still very young player, that if they could add another piece to the puzzle, they're going to have to make a trade probably. They don't have a lot of money via free agency to spend. And Minnesota, you know, as you know, flyover country. So it doesn't attract a lot of big-name free agents. But I think they feel the way they played under Chris Finch the second half of the season, there's at least some signs for optimism. I think they were, yeah, they were, they were competitive at times. So, speaking of competitive, there was a competitive debate as to who the second overall pick was going to be. This has been interesting as far as, you know, it seemed like the, the media really didn't know and then if sort of just everything is settled in right now, as far as, you know, the draft order is concerned, or at least according to the odds makers. So Jalen Green, and people wonder, will they go Mobley? Will they go Green in Houston? I guess it makes sense to get the score. They lost Harden. Uh, Fertino always likes that sort of score. And getting a star kid in here. So Jalen Green right now, he's minus 330 to be the second overall pick at FanDuel. Are you buying in? It's a slam dunk. Jalen Green from the Ignite to, uh, to the, uh, the Houston Rockets. I don't know if I'd say it's a slam dunk, but you thought he was a player who was definitely always going to be in the top five, but he's had really good workouts leading up to the draft. You know, unfortunately, the average college basketball fan or even pro fan doesn't know a lot about him because instead of going to college and he would have been, you know, a player who could have gone pretty much anywhere he wanted to, he decided to play in the G League and develop his skills there. But a big-time athlete, great score, and you're right, has really moved up his stock. I think people look at his athleticism, his upside, and again, he's not a player that a lot of people know unless you really are diehard and you follow the G League, but I think there's a good chance he goes too. I think Evan Mobley is another candidate, although, you know, the problem with him, he's seven foot. If he were drafted 
10 years ago, he'd probably be the number one pick, to be honest, just because a seven-footer runs the floor, can block shots, do some of the things. But, you know, big men are just not considered as highly. You look at, you know, James Wiseman last year was the second overall pick and, you know, had some injury problems, but people thought Ball and Edwards were better than him. So I think that hurts him. Jalen Suggs, a Minnesota kid who I've followed for a long time, had the great year at Gonzaga. I think he, worst case, goes four. Uh, but you're right, I think Green is a player who's probably moved up from being a top five pick to probably now being a top three pick. Uh, Chris Monter with his college basketball news. Uh, listen, you know, you talk about Mobley, and I get it. I think Mobley's more athletic than Wiseman. And, I, you know, to me, Mobley is sort of an, an enigma, but I think he's sort of built. I don't think he's a traditional big man. I think he's a slasher, slasher cutter. I think he can block some shots. And I'm a Toronto Raptor fan, and the Raptors are like the most secretive team in sports. So you never know what they're thinking. Now, there were reports that they were calling Cleveland to, to, to see if they could move up one spot. And the thought was to, for, was for Evan Mobley. Now I'm hearing, as far as the Raptors are concerned, because it seems to me that it's a slam dunk, and I would say take Jalen Suggs as well. There's a lot of love for Scotty Barnes right now, that, oh, Scotty Barnes is that guy that sort of worked his way into the top four, potentially. What's your thoughts on Scotty Barnes as a player, and do you like him? He's sort of that it's cool media guy now, isn't he? Yeah, he's definitely moved up. There was talk that the top five was going to be Suggs, Mobley, Cunningham, and the two G League players, Kaminga and also yeah, Green. Yeah. But I think now you look at Scotty Barnes, the way he's moved up. I think the fact that you, know, you look at Terrence Mann had that monster game as a Florida State kid. You know, I think those Florida State kids, you look at their numbers, his numbers weren't going to wow you because they're such a balanced team. They play great defense. He's one of those long athletic players that Stan Jones, their assistant, and Leonard Hamilton, their head coach, love. But those players have done pretty well in the NBA. Yeah, look Patrick, at Patrick Williams. Williams. Patrick Williams right. was on he, the bench. He didn't even play last year. He wasn't even a starter. <laughs> Right, he, he, he was the fourth pick and averaged double yeah. double figures as a rookie. So I think those yeah. things with Mann doing so well, Williams doing well, that probably helps Scotty Barnes move up. But you're right, Cleveland's in a unique position because, you know, like you said, they could go for a smaller player, but they already have, you know, Garland. They also have Colin Sexton, so they don't really need another guard. So you're right, they might be a team that might be willing to trade down, possibly Toronto, if they feel they could still get the same player and maybe get some more assets. But Mobley makes sense for Cleveland because they kind of use – some size, although they did get Jared Allen, who they really liked in that trade with the Nets. So exactly. I think they feel like he could be their big man, but maybe you can play those two together because they're both athletic and both block shots, you know, kind of a little bit on the slender side. But again, with today's NBA, you don't really need those big, hulking big men like maybe you did 10, 15 years ago. Now, I don't know if there's a more slandered player in a sense, at least in the media or in the rumor mill than, than Sexton. Because basically, that's all you hear all the time, right? Uh, Sexton doesn't know what a pick and roll is, I remember. Sexton's selfish. He doesn't know the rules. He doesn't know this. And now, every time I hear about Cleveland, is while well, Cleveland sort of asks, will you take Sexton uh, in the deal? But I don't know if all that is true. And we never know what the MSI, Jerry, and the Raptors uh, are thinking. Now, after that, it gets interesting. You mentioned Kaminga. Now, I want to ask you about Franz Wagner. So what do you think about Wagner out of Michigan? And how high do you think he goes? Because people think that Golden State want to trade that seventh pick. And if they don't, which direction they go? And I've seen a lot of different, you know, Kaminga, uh, Book Knight, if he's available. But it seems to me that Wagner would sort of fit what Golden State does. What's your opinion on that sort of uh, neighborhood of the draft? Yeah, I mean, he's 6'9", 220, shoots the ball extremely well. He's 
older brother also played at Michigan, you know, had a big key role in that team. Uh, the Wolverines surprising a lot of people and doing so well this past season. But, uh, you know, very talented player. But you're right. Is he better than his brother? I think 10 range. Is he uh, better than his brother? much higher than his brother went. You know, his brother yeah. has had some success, but been moved a couple times, maybe hasn't gotten the right fit situation. But I think, that, you know, if you go to a team like Golden State, I think that's a good situation. Because if you get Clay Thompson back healthy, you still have Draymond Green, Steph Curry, hopefully Wiseman develops a little bit more. They have Wiggins, although there's some talk about maybe making a move to get, you know, a Lillard or a Beal or a big name player, but if you if you're a young player, you don't have to step in and be the savior. You know, with the Golden State Warriors, they got plenty of talent. You just if you accept your role, and I think Wagner would. He's such a good shooter. He's got great players that are going to set him up for easy opportunities. You know, that would be a great situation. A lot of people feel that Golden State healthy, they might not be the same team they were a few years ago, but there's no reason they couldn't be. You know, a top four, top five team in the West. I understand their dilemma in a sense that. The window's not massive. We'll see what Clay Thompson brings to the table when he comes back. We know that Steph Curry can still ball. Draymond is still good. I mean, you know, he has his spots uh, still. So if you're if you're Golden State in the big picture, it's probably better to keep the pick. And you got Wiseman, and you start to stockpile some young talent for the future. But then I understand. You know what? You know, screw the future. We're trying we're trying to win now. Um, so before we get you out of here, we got a couple of minutes. Who's a player that we haven't talked about uh, yet? That's falling or rising. I really liked what I saw out of Davion Mitchell. I mean, the kid's tough as hell. I thought that he was sort of a top 10, but I noticed people, I don't know, so, you know I see some, you know, the, his prop is nine and a half. So he seems to be all, what's your take on Davion Mitchell? Does, is he a top 10 pick in your opinion? Will he go in the top 10? Well, he, well, he could be. The, the question with him has been his uh, physical. He's had some question marks on that. That's why his stock has dropped a little bit. You're right. A key reason why the Bears, uh, Bay, uh, Baylor Bears had such a great run, you know, a defensive player, you know, gets compared, I think, a lot to uh, some other current NBA players uh, because he's so athletic and a very good defender. But, again, I think there's some questions on the physical side that maybe are going to cause him to slide. But you're right. If you can alleviate those uh, question marks with him, you know, I think he could be a really solid player uh, because he plays on both sides of the court. Yeah, that's what I like. I just like his toughness. I thought, you know, I like I just like tough kids. So we got about a minute and a half here. Who's a player that we haven't brought up that you like? Uh, that's a mid mid teen draft pick, maybe a mid, a mid first rounder, late later in the first round. But who are a couple of guys we haven't brought up that you like as basketball players? Well, one we talked a little bit about Jalen Suggs. I think he's just a winner. You know, he was a. All-state quarterback, he was Metro Player of the Year in football as well as basketball. Led his team to three state titles on the basketball side, one in football. I mean, Gonzaga was going to be good with or without him, but look how much better they were. And Unfortunately, they came up short against Baylor. He hit that great shot against UCLA. But you looked at him, even though they had a lot of veteran players, Kispert and Timmy and other players, he stepped in from day one as a freshman and really was that team's leader. So I think he's a player who maybe will slide because of uh, Jalen Green moving up. I think he's a player who maybe could surprise a lot of people in the NBA. One other player is teammate Kispert, just because he shoots the ball so well. I think shooting, you know, especially with the emphasis on three-point shooting, is always going to be important. And he's one of the better shooters, can do some things inside. He's a little underrated as an athlete. You know, maybe he's going to be a little bit better on the defensive end, but I think he's a player who could step up. Uh, in terms of sleepers, one guy I kind of like in maybe the middle, the late part of the first round would be Cameron Thomas. I think he's an athletic player, uh, 6'3", from LSU. Maybe didn't get a lot of national publicity, but I think he's a player who plays the NBA-type game even when he was in college. So I think he's a player who maybe goes in that, say, 60 in the 20 range, who I think could be a steal. 
Chris Monter, collegebasketballnews.com. Chris, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. I'm sure all hell will break loose sooner rather than later in the college conferences, and we'll catch up again. Thanks, man. We look forward to it. Thanks, Ken. Have a great night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Welcome to the 117th dust-up between the snort and swine of Springfield A&M and the Springfield University Nittany Tide. Oh, doctor, break out the hickory switch. Thanks to Chris Monter for joining us on the Late Night Anger Management Class, collegebasketballnews.com. I am Renzi. Sirius XM Channel 204 Sports Grid. Radio networks as uh, we throw it down on this Monday night uh, meltdown. Thanks to Rick Saratella uh, for joining us on the show. Uh, Chris Monter, George uh, Kurtz, we're not uh, done yet. The countdown is on NFL preseason in nine days, which is super cool. Uh, but the NBA draft is the We got Major League Baseball trade deadline uh, on Friday. Thursday, we have the NBA draft. A little bit of movement here. Not much when I say movement. So let's check in uh, with the draft numbers right now. Cade Cunningham, expected to be uh, the first player taken by the Detroit Pistons. There's rumors tonight, and as we say, you never know. NBA is a league with a lot of rumors, and media guys just sort of do, they make things up. Like, oh, look, like today, uh, today they traded, uh, the Pelicans traded Steven Adams uh, today, and they got Jonas Valanciunas, and they, they traded draft picks, and it was all, Woj said, oh, this opens up the door to try to sign Kyle Lowry. It's like, wait, you think Kyle Lowry's going to New Orleans? Zion doesn't even want to be in New Orleans. Like, the Pelicans are a clown show. And getting Jonas Valanciunas isn't exactly going to put you over the top, guys. Jonas Valanciunas is a good DFS player. He's not a good real player. All right? And it's it's funny, too, because the perception was, oh, look at, oh, they're going to be dynamic. And, oh, look at the offense, the Pelicans. Pelicans already score 140 points a game. Like, I love that people like, do you guys watch the league? Are you aware? Jonas Valanciunas is one of the worst defensive players in the league. All right? He's a great guy. He's a nice guy. He's a cool dude. He racks up a ton of points, rebounds and points for you. He's a stat guy. He can't be on the floor for you in the last three, four minutes of a real game. 
All right? If you want to win, you can't be on the floor. So if you want to pay a guy a bunch of money that you can't trust in the last three, four minutes of a game because he's a liability, then go ahead, New Orleans. But nevertheless, so Cade Cunningham is the first uh, projected to be the first overpick. Listen, he was 80 to 1, now it's 60 to 1. And there are rumors that there's a report that, and I kind of buy into this one actually, because of Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham, that Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City said to Detroit, we'll give you Shea Gilgis Alexander and the sixth overall pick of the draft for the first pick. If I was Detroit, I would have thought about it, but I would have I would have done it, but I would have hit him for one more. I would have said, no, no, all right, you give us the sixth pick, Gilgis Alexander, and next year's first round pick. It's the number one pick. I need a premium. I'm not just doing I'm not just doing that. Anyways, Gilgis SGA is a badass, right? I don't know. Is Kate Cunningham a superstar? If you could get the sixth pick, I'd even could I'd think about it, but it's not quite enough. Not because it's Cade Cunningham, but just out of principle, out of principle, out of it's the number one pick. It's like, bro, I'm not giving you the number one pick just for number one and number six here. Like for a player number six. Like you're gonna have to throw something like, give me another number one. Give me your number one pick next year. The, you know, the sixth pick and SGA, and I'll give you the top pick. I'll give you Cunningham. I would do that. I would do it. And who knows? You know, players can get drafted and trade it. Like, you know, Oklahoma can sweeten the pot if they really, 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 really like Cunningham that much, which I don't know why they would. Just because he played at Oklahoma State, who cares? So, nevertheless, Kate Cunningham, 60 to 1 to be the top pick. Jalen Green is 14 to 1 to be the top pick if you want to think outside the box. Evan Mobley's 23 to 1. Jalen Suggs is 50 to 1. Uh, odds courtesy of FanDuel. So the second overall pick, and there, you know, I talked about this over the weekend on a podcast that I did, and I said, man, there was value actually, but it got lost on Saturday night. I don't know what happened on Saturday night, but that's when the numbers totally dramatically changed with the NBA props. Like Jalen Green was minus one sixty to be the second pick. Now he's uh, three thirty. So FanDuel right now, Jalen Green, who's going to be the second pick? Jalen Green minus three thirty. Evan Mobley plus two sixty. Jalen Sugg six to one. I'm fascinated by the the down the downfall of Jalen Suggs in this draft, in which it was a slam dunk consensus, and it was almost a debate. Who's who do you take? Jalen Suggs first overall or Kate Cunningham first overall? And without doing anything wrong. Right? Like Jalen Suggs had a great year. Jalen Suggs hit one of the most epic shots in NCAA tournament history from half court. And yeah, Gonzaga lost in the title game. But anyone who watched the games remembered Jalen Suggs was one of the few Bulldogs that didn't quit. Like he played hard to the final whistle, this kid. And as Chris Monster stated, following him being from Minnesota, he's a competitor, Suggs. He's an all around, he does everything. He's great leading the fast break. He's a good shooter. He can get better shooting even. He's already good. He's a good defender. He's a competitor. He's got size. What am I missing? What am I missing? Like, please, thank you very much as a Raptor fan. Give me Jalen Suggs. I love Kyle Lowry, but, hey, it is what it is. You want to go, you got to go. And it is the end of the career. Do what you got to do. If you stay, fine as well. But either way, 
the future, Fred Van Fleet is small. Think of a backcourt of Jalen Suggs and Fred Van Fleet, man. You want to talk about two grinders and competitors back there? Great defensively. Um, Van Fleet is a little small, but he's a, he's a pit bull on defense. But he is undersized. And that's the whole thing. The Raptors need size at the guard position. And Suggs can provide it. So, second overall pick, Jalen Green, minus 330. Evan Mobley, uh, plus 260. Jalen Suggs. So, as you can see, it's pretty much like a consensus now that Cunningham, number one, Jalen Green. If you're wondering, oh, who's Jalen Green? If you want to really be a jerk, just tell your buddy, like, screw with someone. Oh, you remember Jalen Green from the NCAA tournament? Yeah, he played for Texas. He scored, like, 38 points. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, not, not wrong. No, Jalen Green's from the G League. Jalen Green is like the first kid. This is the first example of how high a kid can go by skipping college. And I'll tell you what, if I was the NCAA schools, I wouldn't be, I'd be freaked out by this. And I wouldn't play at college anyways. I love college basketball. I wouldn't play it if I was a kid. Why? Like, what, what do you get out of it? Like, well, why? Why wouldn't I play in the G League and make $500,000? <laughs> you know what I'm Jalen Green got $500,000 to play in the G League. So... Jalen Green scored like 17 points a game, 16 and a half. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a kid still, right? He's 18 and uh, 18 and a half, 19, whatever. Uh, I guess 19 now. He's 18 in, in a G League, you know what I mean? Like, so he's 19, and he was one of the best players in the G League. He shoots like 37%, 37.5% or so from, from three, and he's still a kid, but he played against elite competition in the G League. So he's minus 330. Looks like Houston have their new score of the future. Then you get into Cleveland. And it's interesting. Like Chris Monter stated, they already have Jared Allen, uh, right? They got Jared Allen in the deal from Brooklyn. But Jared Allen's not like your only guy. He's not really a traditional big man in the sense. He is kind of skinny and, like, he's good. Mobley's thick. Mobley, like, is slender, but... Mobley's the type of guy that's going to be ripped in a couple of years in the NBA. Like, he, you know what I mean? You just know. You can tell by his body and stuff. He's going to be ripped. He's going to be a physical force. I like Mobley. I really do. I think Mobley's good for the modern NBA. He's a good shot blocker. He's good around the rim. He's a good slasher. You know what I mean? He's a cutter. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mobley can get a pass and sort of cut it into the paint and take it and slam it. He's not, like, the most dynamic. It's not pretty, right? It's violent almost. What I like that. Like, I like those violent put-back dunks. Gets the crowd into it. And, like, blocking a shot. And dare I say, dare I say, Mobley is like a poor man's Giannis. Sounds like a lot what, like, Giannis does, doesn't it? I sort of, you know, it's funny. I looked at him like a Baca before. I was like, he's kind of like a Baca in a sense. Like, I bet you he'll develop a shot in the NBA. And I like Mobley a lot. I think Mobley, I'll go it on. I'm going to say Cunningham. Cunningham's good, but I don't think Cunningham's some mega star slam dunk number one. I'm not really sure why everyone's in love with him as much as they are. As like, he's good, but I like Jalen Suggs. I think Jalen Suggs is like probably the best guy here. Jalen Green is good, but there's a lot of unknown about him. We haven't seen a lot of him, right? He played a couple of, he played 15 games in the G League. Evan Mobley, to me, is going to be an NBA All-Star. Like, multiple All-Star. Like, he's going to be, like, you look at what Zion brings. Like, Zion has a lot of hype. Mobley does everything Zion does. 
Zion can't shoot. Mobley might be even a better shooter than he is. Like, Mobley can spot up and hit a jumper. And Zion can't, really. Zion's not a good shooter. Zion's not a good defender. He's a horrible defender. And Mobley's a better defender. You look at alley-oop, well, you're going to be able to alley-oop a dunk out of the, like, right out of the gate. Like, that's the thing that scouts are talking about with Mobley. They're like, Mobley is going to be good, like, right away. Like, basically. Like, you're going to drop him on, like, right away, he's going to score 14, 16 points type thing. Solely by, basically, lobs. Like, you can tell him, if you want, like, whatever team he's on, it's like, basically, listen, go up there and jump, and we're going to lob it to you for a dunk, and you won't be able to stop it. The kid will be on the free throw line. And then as the years go on, he'll develop his game. So I'm a big Mobley believer. I like Mobley a lot. But so Mobley to be the third overall pick, this is where you can start betting this stuff because the other odds are crazy. Mobley to be the third pick is minus 195. There was reports that the Raptors, and if those reports are true, it came out of Cleveland because the Raptors wouldn't leak it. So... There are reports that the Raptors inquired about what it would take to get to move up one pick to Cleveland. And supposedly they wanted OG. <laughs> I don't ask, hey, it doesn't hurt to ask. Supposedly the Cavaliers wanted uh, Ananobi. They said, give us OG and we'll give you the pick. Move up one spot. And Masai didn't become Masai Jerry by being stupid. So that's not happening, right? I think Masai might, like, flip a pick to them type thing for next year and say, listen, we'll give you next year's first pick, and the Raptors will count on that being, like, the 23rd pick or something, right? Like, but I don't think it's happening. I think Evan Mobley will be the third overall pick, minus 195. Fourth overall pick odds, Jalen Suggs, minus 160. Evan Mobley, plus 210. Scotty Barnes, plus 270. A lot of the NBA mock stuff is going to tell you that Scotty Barnes has a chance to go fourth overall to the Raptors. The Raptors need offense. The Raptors don't need another defender and stuff. The Raptors are already good defensively. They've already got a bunch of dudes that can't shoot the ball. Like, they don't need another one. Right? We don't like Scotty Barnes is good, but he doesn't fit what the Raptors need right now. And Jalen Suggs is better. Back to my point. Guys, Jalen Suggs was ranked like number one and number two all year long. What did he do to change anything? Nothing. He hasn't even played a game yet, yet he's fallen. Right? Oh, oh, you know, Mobley. Oh, I like Mobley a lot. They're all good players, these guys. But the Raptors getting Jalen Suggs, perfect fit. I hope it happens and you can get decent odds out of the minus 160. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. That's the dumbest bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree. Late night anger management class continues. I am Renzi. People in the chat are discussing uh, Kate Cunningham's meltdown against uh, Oregon State. It wasn't really a meltdown. He just didn't lead him to victory. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You mean after the kid carried the team for like 17 weeks in a row or whatever it was, like throughout the entire season? Uh, like, anyone that watched Oklahoma State, that's the whole thing. Like, a couple of people watch the NCAA tournament and they judge a kid. And I think, and, not, and by the way, he had a great tournament, uh, Cunningham. But anyone that watched like the regular season in a Big 12, like, it was one, it was one buzzer beater, game winner, clutch shot, comeback. Like, you know, Oklahoma State down 12 with four minutes left, and Kate Cunningham scores 14 consecutive points to lead the Cowboys to victory. Like, like you want to talk about a dude that, like, put a team on his back, right? right. The reason the scouts love Cunningham so much is because he's, he's young, and he's already, like, amazing, and he's growing. Like, he's already big. Like, basically, think Ben Simmons, except he can score. Like, almost. Like, basically, like, they're like, yeah, yeah, he can do everything. Like, he's long. He can take it to the rack. He's a good free throw shooter. He's improving his three-point shot. He can defend. Uh, you can move him around in different positions. You can swing him around the court. He's versatile. Like, there's there's basically, like, I like I said, I like Suggs a lot. I like Mobley a lot. I think Green to me might is the outlier here. Like Green is the outlier. Like I personally like the other three more than Green, and it doesn't mean I don't like Green. It just means I think Green should go fourth, right? I think Suggs is is a steal at four if he really falls to four. And he's minus one sixty, and it seems like that's what's going to happen, guys. Like Cleveland seems to be locked in on Evan Mobley right now, and understandably so. He's a badass. The late night anger management class. All right, we got through it. Uh, take USA to beat Japan and take the under four and a half woman softball. Other than that, you're on your own later. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.